Hi, you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 93. By just virtue of having the book, it sets you apart from the competition. It sets you apart from everyone else. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Before we get into the show, I have a question for you. Do you know that you should be out networking, but you just can't get yourself to do it because it's scary? Are you afraid that you might walk into the room and not know anybody? Or that you're going to freeze when you get up to do that infamous elevator speech where you talk about yourself and your business? Well, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't need to be scary if you know what to do. To help you with this, I would like to offer you a coffee chat. For the price of buying me a cup of coffee, we can sit down and I'll tell you everything that I know about networking and how I have personally built two multi-six-figure businesses, primarily through networking. To learn more about this opportunity, just go over to bit.ly forward slash network ninja. That's B-I-T dot L-Y network ninja. And now, let's move on to the show. Hi there, it's Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today I have joining us Tom Corson-Knowles of TCK Publishing. Tom is a serial entrepreneur, blogger, international best-selling author. He started his first business at age 13, manufacturing SAD lamps out of his father's garage. By the time he graduated from Indiana University Kelly School of Business, he was earning a full-time income from his first successful business, which he had started out of his dorm room. Tom then decided to share the keys to becoming a financially independent entrepreneur through his books, videos, and seminars. And today, he teaches new and established authors and writers how to achieve incredible success by writing and selling ebooks on Amazon Kindle. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks so much for having me, Sue. It's great to be here. I'd like to start out by having you describe an ideal motivational candle. It just gives our listeners a little bit of a different insight into who you are. So if you were to describe your ideal motivational candle, what color would it be and what would be the quote on the candle? So it would be blue because that's my favorite color. And the quote would be, just take the next step. I think that's the crucial thing in life is like be present in the moment. And I see so many people, for example, like with writing a book, it can feel like a big project. So they'll think about, you know, what about step 97? What, what about after I get my book published and after I get publicity and after all this? And right, they're thinking so far ahead in the future that they forget to just take that next step and to focus their full attention in the present moment to get the best results possible with what they're working on. Right. I would almost combine that with also just taking action because so many people, just like you were saying, we're looking at those steps that are so far down the road and it seems like such a distant goal. If you just look and take action in the immediate moment, like you're saying, it's all those little steps that build up to something great. Absolutely true. All right. So as we were talking a little bit in our pre-chat, We've had a couple of our listeners already write books, but I think a lot of people don't really see in our area of gifting, baking, crafting, making, how 
publishing could apply to them. So I'd really like to start there. What do you see as the value of writing a book for an artistic, crafty type business? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, there's so much value there. I think really it comes down to understanding your business, understanding your customer, and understanding how are you going to grow your business, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, if you're a jewelry maker, anyone in the jewelry business knows that there's a big difference between a diamond necklace and a diamond necklace with a story behind it. The one with the story about, you know, where the diamond was found and how it was cut just right for the certain shape of that stone and who wore it before and through any kind of story around that piece is going to dramatically increase the value for it. And sometimes pieces can sell for tens of millions of dollars, largely because of the story. That same principle applies to you, to you as the entrepreneur, to you as the creative spirit and to your business. When you have a business with a story around it, when you have an artist with a story around it, it becomes much more valuable in the marketplace because it becomes much more unique. People share stories. And the number one marketing tool in the world is word of mouth. In any business, word of mouth is most likely going to be your biggest long-term source of sales and source of revenue for your business. And so by having a great story, by having a book around what you do, it helps make it easier for your audience to share your message with other people. I mean, a customer comes into your bakery and buys a cupcake every day, and the same customer who buys a cupcake every day, and then they read your book, and they love it so much, and they love your story so much, they start to share your book and hand it out to other people. That is a great form of marketing for your business. So that's just one of the ways that having a book can dramatically increase the reach of your business and your growth. So what I'm hearing, because that's taking it actually a whole different angle than I was initially thinking, because you're saying almost an autobiography about why you as an artist, let's continue on with the jewelry idea, as an artist got into and the passion for what their art is, be it jewelry making or whatever it is, right? Versus, and I guess this could be another topic for a book, versus how do you actually start a business if you're a jewelry designer? So it could take on many facets, right? There's so many different ways you can write a book and so many different types of books you can write, but it doesn't really matter so much. So the sad truth is that most people who buy books don't actually read them to the end. So (laughs) (laughs) that's just the truth of the world. Is it really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I start, I have to finish. (laughs) Yeah, I love reading, so I read a ton of books, but (laughs) most people, you know, over 50% won't finish the book and that's okay. That's just the numbers, right? Business is a numbers game. But by just virtue of having the book, it sets you apart from the competition. It sets you apart from everyone else. Think of, you know, like in the baking business, right? Think of the people who you think are the best bakers, the ones with the most publicity, the ones with the biggest businesses, the ones that everyone knows. Who are those people and what are they done? And you look at them and I would say probably every single one of them has a book published, a recipe book or something like that, or an autobiography. Just by virtue of having a book, regardless of whether it's an autobiography or a cookbook or how to start a jewelry business, it doesn't really matter what the book is about so much. It's just the fact that they have the book that sets them apart dramatically. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And we talk often about people who are bakers or in jewelry or whatever. How are you making yourself different from another person who is in the same field? And a lot of it is the design, the quality of the product, and obviously who you are, because that goes to your topic about having a book about your story. And then now you're also talking about a level of credibility. You're setting yourself apart almost bringing yourself to another tier of professionalism, if you will, because you're published now in your industry. Absolutely. Yeah, you're not just another local mom and pop shop with nothing special, right? Like once you have that book out, 
you become, oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're this local business with this book about you and what you do in your business. Like that's so amazing. It's so unique. And it gives people that story to share. You talk about like virality in the internet age. What makes something viral? Well, what makes something viral is a good story. Right. right? And so when you go through that process of writing your book, regardless of what kind of book it is, you're creating a story and you're, you're sharing information and you're honing your ideas and you're getting crystal clear on who you are and what you offer and the value you offer and what makes you unique. And just by going through that process, even if you never had a book published at the end of the day to sell, just by going through that process of writing it and creating it, it helps you get crystal clear on who you are and what you stand for, what your values are. And that too can give you the confidence to go out there and grow the business and make more sales and share your story more. Well, that's an interesting point. Even if you're just going through the actions and you don't actually publish it, you're being more clear within yourself. However, I like to hear people taking full action. And if you've written a book, you might as well publish it, right? I'm thinking kind of of my audience right now, and they're saying, well, this sounds a little daunting. Like, how in the world would I publish a book? Talk to us a little bit about people that you've worked with in terms of are there personalities that you need to have to write a book or what do you do if, if, if we've convinced people now that they should consider it, let's sell them on the fact that they actually personally themselves could do this. Anyone can write a book. You know, I've taught over 40,000 people how to write, publish, and market their books in my online courses. And I've had students ranging from 12 years old to in their 90s. And one of my students who's been very, very successful is he's 17 years old today. He started publishing his first book when he was 14. And he outsells Donald Trump on Amazon. <laughs> no way. He's selling a ton of books every <laughs> single month. So it's not about how old you are or how experienced you are. It's really a, like with anything in life, like if you want to get a result, you have to take the action to get that result. If you want to open a bakery, there are certain steps you have to take. You have to find a location. You have to sign a lease. You have to do these basic things. And so I think it's the same thing with a book. And so, you know, the problem is that it feels daunting when you go into it. I remember like before I wrote my first book, Sue, like I thought it was just, I would never be an author. There's no way I could ever write a book. I mean, for me, like writing a paper in high school or in college, that seemed like a huge task. And like, there was no way I was ever going to write a book. But the truth is, if you just set your side 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day to work on it, most people can get that book done in 90 days. Oh, that is one of my questions. So you're thinking this can be a three month project. Absolutely. But the thing is, you have to commit to it every day. Mm hmm. And even if it's just 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, because in my experience, the kind of thing where if you start and you work on it for a month and then you take a week off or two weeks off, when you come back to it, you've forgotten <laughs> most of what you were working on and all the great ideas you had and all the next steps you had. And so what happens is it's kind of like having one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas. That's when you have this project that people say, you know, it took me three years or five years or 10 years to write the book. It's not really true, right? It probably took them about 90 days to write the book. They just spent the other several years procrastinating and putting it off and having to backpedal because they forgot what they were working on before and so on. Right. If you're starting a book, my guess is the first thing you have to do is know what you're going to write about. But there's other layers to it, too. There's writing, and then there's getting it out there, and then there's marketing, right? So there's all of this. And I don't know if, if those are the only three buckets. I'm, am I missing anything with those three buckets? Yeah, I mean, I think that the main components are the writing, publishing, and marketing. Those are the main business components, right? And so if you're going to be successful as an author in terms of sales and royalties and revenue, you have to either yourself or have a team who can master those three areas of writing, publishing, and marketing. 
Okay, so this starts to give us a little bit of structure around the concept. So if gift biz listeners, you are considering, or now we've put the idea in your head of possibly writing a book. So there's three things. There's writing, there's publishing, and there's marketing, which helps us break this down a little bit. So the first thing obviously is writing it. How do you start writing? Do you just take a piece of paper and a pen or what do you do? So I'll walk you through my creative process and that I teach and it's worked for a lot of people. So first thing I do is just brainstorm. It's like total right brain creativity. The whole process is kind of the swing between the right brain creativity and the left brain analytical thinking. So it all starts with creativity. So what I do is I just take a pen and paper and notebook and just jot down every single book idea I could possibly have. So I'll ask myself questions like, you know, what am I an expert in? What stories do I have to share? What expertise do I have to share with the world? What information or ideas do I love to leave behind to leave as a legacy? And so you ask these ideas and that'll help you come up with all these different ideas for books. And most people get 20, 30, 40 different book ideas when they do this. Once you have that list of ideas, that's when you want to go and switch afterwards to the left brain analytical thinking and think about, okay, out of all these great book ideas you have, what is the number one idea you really want to focus on right now? You know, if you only had 90 days left to live and you had to leave one book behind as your legacy, what would that be? And so when you found that book that you're so passionate about, you're excited about, then one you really want to work on and get it done and get it out there to the world, that's when you go through and you actually start brainstorming what's going to be in that book. So that's when you take your idea. So let's say you're going to do a cupcake cookbook. So then you could take your ideas. Okay, what are all the great recipes you have? What are all the great ideas you have? What is going to be the first chapter, second chapter, and so on? And you start to just come up with all the different ideas you want to include in your book. And then once you've gone through that right brain creative process, again, you're going to switch to the left brain and start analyzing that and thinking, okay, but what is the best structure? How would I want to organize these ideas to make it flow the best way for the reader? And so the whole idea here is you're not trying to get it perfect, Sue. You're just trying to get enough of a plan in place that when you actually sit down at your computer to write, you know exactly what you're going to do every single day. So you're never staring at a blank screen wondering, what am I doing here? (laughs) People talk about writer's block. It's really because they haven't prepared and they don't know what they're gonna be writing about. So as soon as you have that outline done, then you can sit down at the computer every single day and you know exactly what the next thing you're gonna write about is. Got it. So your first step was brainstorming what the topic should be. And I do have a question for you here. You were really talking internally, what are you passionate about? What are the different types of topics that you wanna present out to the world? Do you also look at Who would be reading this book and what are their needs? Do you look from that standpoint too to make sure that you're writing to fulfill a need or as an author, are you just writing to get your voice out to the world? Absolutely, yes. So market research is actually a huge process. So what we do actually have a whole software suite of tools for authors to help them with that. So it's actually what I would do normally after that first brainstorming process. So once you have the 40 ideas and you boiled it down to one or two or three that you're really passionate about, that's when I would normally go and do the market research to find out, is there a market for this? How big is it? And and where are the opportunities? So some great tips on market research. You can just go to amazon.com, best place to do it, and just type in keywords related to what you're working on. So if you're doing, you know, a jewelry design book, you can type in jewelry design. And you want to find the best-selling books in that topic on Amazon. And then you want to check them out. So you want to look at things like what are their title and subtitle. And then jot down like the key words and key phrases that they're using that really clarify the brand of that book. That really make their message stick out to you and make it memorable. So write down the key words and key ideas they have. And read their book descriptions. Again, looking for what are the key ideas, key words that they're sharing that really resonate with their audience or resonate with you. And you can take a look at their book cover designs too. So you can model 
the successful elements of the book cover design. So if you like a certain font or you like a certain color or a certain feeling of the cover, jot those down as examples again to send to your book cover designer when you get to that point. And then the other thing you can do is look at all the reviews and read all the reviews, every single review, positive reviews and negative reviews for the best-selling books in your market and have a notebook with you and jot down all the common themes readers say that they love about those books or that they hate about those books. And what that will do is is it gives you a crystal clear picture of who your audience is, what they appreciate in books in your market and the best-selling books, and what they don't like about the best-selling books in your market. What they don't like can be some of the biggest insights for you because then you can see where the gaps are in the marketplace. So to give you an example, I've got a customer who wrote a book called Unlimited Memory, and we've sold 40,000 plus copies of the book in the past two years. It's been a runaway bestseller. It's been number one on Amazon for over a year and a half now. And the reason is when you look at the reviews of all the top memory books on Amazon, they were like 300, 400, 500 pages nonfiction books. And there was a little bit of how-to, but it was mostly like stories and prose and so forth. And so he came in, my client came in with a 150-page short book straight to the point, how-to action step every single step of the way. He's a world memory expert, so he has the credibility as well. And so it just blown every other book out there on Amazon out of the water. The reason is because it filled a gap in the marketplace. What you want to do is find where's that gap in your market that you can come in and share your unique message and your unique voice in a unique way. It's really going to resonate with your ideal customers. And that's what you do through the Amazon research right after you've brainstormed a little bit. Exactly. I haven't ever looked at Amazon in this way. Is there a way to see how popular a book has been? Number of purchases or downloads or anything like that? Or you're just guessing? Yes, absolutely. There is, so there is. Okay. So if you go to Amazon, there's going to be what's called an Amazon sales ranking. Any book page on Amazon for eBooks or print books. So if you scroll down the page to product details, it will tell you the Amazon best sellers rank. Book I'm looking at now is 28,647 free in the Kindle store. You want to look at the books that have paid rankings. So it should say like 28,000 paid in Kindle store or 28,000 paid in Kindle books. And that ranking will tell you exactly what the sales are if you actually use a tool I created, a calculator that converts Amazon sales ranking into the exact amount of sales that that book is getting each month. The link for that is just tckpublishing.com slash calculator tckpublishing.com slash calculator. It's a totally free tool you can use to find out exactly how many sales any book on Amazon is getting for eBooks or for print books. Oh, that's super. Really great information, Tom. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of this. And so as someone's getting started, and I think really for the sake of this interview, the only thing we're going to be really focusing on is the writing because clearly there's a lot more. And I know you'll be able to share how we can get more information from you on the publishing and the marketing standpoint. So someone goes through and they do their research. And I will ask you this question. If someone has an idea for a book and they see that other people have done something similar, would that dissuade you from doing the book at all? No, absolutely not. You know, there are millions and millions of books out there. And so I think what you want to do is you want to make sure that your book is unique. And there's lots of ways for a book to be unique. It doesn't have to be better. It just has to be different. That's a key element of it. It has to be different than what's out there. And it has to speak to your audience in a different way. And so there's lots of ways to do that. So for one way, you know, for like a lot of folks, you know, you think of like top chef kind of people, they're celebrities. And so their books are unique because they're unique. It's not that their books are necessarily the greatest works of art ever created. It's just that, that that celebrity, that brand that they've created makes their book unique, makes it a little bit different than everyone else out there. So if you're not famous yet and you don't have that kind of celebrity cachet in your marketplace, 
what you want to look at is what are the other things you can do with your book to make it stand out. And so one of the best ways to do that, again, is just go to Amazon and read the reviews and see where the gaps are in the marketplace. For example, like the cookbook market, there's so many things going on in that market. There's so many different types of cookbooks. I don't know if you've ever gone to a library or a bookstore and just browse all the different cookbooks, but there are cookbooks with like zero pictures. And then there's other kinds of cookbooks with 10 pictures per recipe with like full color and huge pages. And there's not much text at all. It says mostly pictures. So there's all different kinds of ways you can do a simple cookbook. And what you want to do is once you've figured out where the gaps are in the marketplace, you want to create a brand around you and what you do. So what is your brand? What is your business stand for? What is your message? What are your values? And how do you take all of that, that embodiment of your art and your work and create a brand around that? And then once you have that clear idea of, okay, what is your brand going to be? What is your message going to be? Then you create the book from there. So everything you do comes from that main idea, which is what is your brand? What is your message? And so that's going to determine your book title, your cover design, how you write the book, how you structure the book. That's all going to come from what is your brand? What is your message that you want to leave with people? And so that's going to determine what kind of book you end up actually creating. That's wonderful information. And I agree with you. I was thinking that as you were talking through, and there was great visualization also of especially cookbooks, because there are millions out there. I have many of them. (laughs) But in terms of imagery of the book, and you know, some people have lots of images, but they're hand drawn. They're not necessarily the actual photos. I also comes to mind Rachel Ray with her first books when she was just coming up the ranks and getting in the social eye, if you will, her 30 minute meals. So it can be around a special way you prepare sticking with the cooking theme. So really good information and just making sure you're branding it as your own. And Gift Biz listeners, again, I wanted Tom to talk to this point. I was hoping you were going to say exactly what you said, because just because someone out there might have already done a book similar to what you're thinking of, you can make it totally different, unique, and your own. Absolutely. And the other thing about it too, Sue, is that As a local business owner, when people come into your shop, they don't care if your cookbook is similar to something else out there, like because it's unique to you that you're the local artist, you're the local author. And so pretty much any kind of book that you create, as long as it's a good quality, they're going to be really excited about it because, again, it's got that unique story around it. Someone in L.A. on the other coast is not going to get the same kind of reception with your customers as you are because you're there. You're there with them. And that, that creates a new story around it. Right. And I would suggest that this getting back to the whole business intent behind a book, too. It's not just getting revenue from a book, which is what you're so good at, Tom, but it's also heightening the image of your whole brand. If you're a store, if you're a designer, where craft shows even, if you have a book, you're looked at in a different way. Definitely. One final thing now, just on the writing, then we'll go out a little bit into the future of what someone could expect. But is there anything if someone started writing... Any direction you would give them, is there a special tool they should be using? Is there a special format they should be writing in? You know, more the technical type thing. Is there any advice there? Well, I mean, for technical, you can use any kind of word processor. So so I use Microsoft Word. It's the most basic, simple software tool. Pretty much every computer has it. You can use anything. There's free tools out there you can use. It really doesn't matter what you write the book in. Just use whatever tool you know. So if if you're familiar with a certain tool, use that. If you're not familiar with any tool, you just open up any kind of word processor you can get your hands on and just learn it. Learning how to use the tool is what's going to help you be most successful. So, for example, the find and replace feature. If every single one of your commas is 
got an extra space behind it or something like that, you can just find and replace the extra spaces and, and replace them instead of going through and hand typing in all the edits in your manuscript. So understanding how to use your tool will save you a massive amount of time. It's not really what tool you pick. Okay. And then, so you don't really need to be worried about formatting or anything right now. It's just, it would just be getting the content on paper in an organized way following the outline as you've suggested earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, formatting is important, but it doesn't have to be done until after the book is written. However, I do have some free formatting tools like templates for Microsoft Word I recommend because by having the template in there, I call it pre-writing. So when you fill out the template, you're going to have like 800 to 2,000 words already written in your book from the title page and the copyright notice and the table of contents and each of the chapter headings and your author bio and everything in that book already created. So there's no content in the book, but the shell is there and the pages are there. I find having that helps a lot and really helps motivate you because you, you look at the word count, you've already got a thousand words done and you haven't even started writing the book yet. It's kind of a nice feeling. So you can check out and download those free templates at ebookpublishingschool.com. Oh, you're giving us a lot of goodies here. I wasn't expecting that. This is awesome. In terms of length of a book, what are you suggesting there? What, like, what's the smallest you could possibly do to be officially a book? That's a good question. So it really varies from every different field. So, I mean, we publish books as low as like 40 pages, like 7,000 words to 100,000 plus words. Size isn't a really a big deal. I mean, for printing, like you can, like the minimum is 24 pages. So it has to be at least 24 pages. But you have to realize, too, that there's going to be the front matter and the back matter of the book, the title page and the blank pages for offset printing and all that stuff. A 24-page book would only be like 10 pages of actual content in the book. I think everyone's going to write a book bigger than that. You're going to have more information than that for sure. So it's not really about how big the book has to be. It's just about how much content do you have. And what is the appropriate amount of content for what you're creating? Again, back to that brainstorming process. When you're brainstorming all the content that's going to be in your book, make sure you're clear on the brand of the book and what is the promise you're delivering. So if you're writing a nonfiction book, people, in a lot of cases, they're going to be buying that book because they want certain results, right? So if they're buying your cupcake cookbook, it's because they want to make great cupcakes. And so you want to make sure that your book delivers on its promise and that everything inside of that book delivers on your promise to your reader, to your customer. And so don't include fluff, don't include extra stuff that doesn't actually deliver on your brand promise to your reader. Okay, perfect. Does it fall in line kind of with online courses? I've heard a lot lately that pricing online courses isn't the length, just because you make something longer in time to go through a course, doesn't mean it should be more expensive. It has to do with the value of the result at the end. Is that the same thing with writing a book? I would say somewhat, but it's a big difference. I mean, for online courses, like prices range from, you know, free to $100,000, right? Right, um, right? With books, prices range from free to, in most cases, $30. I know there's some books that are 60 and 90 and $150, like, you know, textbooks and also certain kinds of business books, like, financial and tax stuff and legal stuff. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of books are going to be between free and $30. So you don't have as wide of a price range to choose from. So I mean, the pricing is really it's based on your market, it's based on your brand, it's based on your distribution, it's based on a whole bunch of different factors. Uh, and when I look at pricing, I'm always thinking of how do we get the most sales and the most profits and especially for your business, because 
again, like if you're, let's say um, you're a business that's getting leads from your book, like maybe, uh, I don't know, like an accountant or attorney or people who, you know, like the main purpose for their book is not just to get royalties from the book, but actually get new customers for their business, new clients. For them, they don't really care about how much royalties they make because every client can earn them thousands and thousands of dollars. And so what they're trying to do is maximize the backend sales from their book. And so you have to figure out, you know, what are your business goals? And then how do you want to price your book based on your business goals? Agreed. So in the very beginning, why are you starting to write this book in the first place? What are you trying to achieve? And then you run down this path and hammering home again, it doesn't have to be a long book to be $30. And a long book might only be worth $7. So that isn't the point. It's the content and the quality of the content in the book. Tom, let's move forward just a little bit. And I know we can't get into a lot of detail here, but let's move on. So you've written the book. Just give us a little bit of an overview of the publishing and then the marketing sections. What types of activities occur in both of those phases? Yeah, I mean, so for publishing, you've got the choice between traditional publishing, which is you go out, you find a literary agent, and they try to pitch your book to a traditional publisher. And it's this long, drawn out, miserable process for most authors and less than Less than one in a thousand authors ever actually get a traditional book deal. So I'm just going to assume that the vast majority of people, 99.9% listening, will never get that deal. And it's not probably the, probably not the route you want to go. In my experience, you earn a lot more money self-publishing or working with an independent publisher because instead of getting 8% royalties or 15% royalties from a traditional publisher, you're going to get 70% royalties when you self-publish your book. So you're going to get a dollar or two for selling a $25 hardcover book. You can earn $2.06 for selling a $2.99 ebook. And so since the price is 10 times less, you're going to be able to sell a lot more volume and earn a lot more royalties. So I think self-publishing is the way to go. If you look at the shifts in the industry, it just makes more and more sense every single day. And so in the self-publishing process, there's a lot that goes into it. We don't really have time to cover everything. But I think the key is you want your book to be as professional as a traditionally published book would be. You don't want the reader to think this is obviously self-published because it's got a bad cover or got typos in it or something like that. Like you want to create a professional quality book and you can do that. I mean, it's so easy today. You can go on sites like Upwork.com and you can find literally thousands of editors there who have been trained at, at huge New York publishing companies. You can find cover designers who have worked for huge publishing firms before. You can find proofreaders who've worked for huge publishing companies before. So you can find massively experienced people out there at really reasonable prices to do the work for you to create a professional book at the end of the day. So I think that's really the key. And then the other key with self-publishing is you have to get the distribution. You have to make sure your book is available to customers in the right place where your customers are actually going to be. And so the number one distribution platform is, you probably know this, but Amazon.com. In the US, Amazon sells over 70% of all the eBooks. And in the UK, it's over 80% of all the eBooks are sold on Amazon. And eBooks are really where the, there's the most growth in the market right now. In fact, physical books are declining like $10 billion globally over the next several years. And so eBooks is where the growth is and eBooks is where you're gonna make most of your profits most of the time for most self-published authors. And so I really learned as much as you possibly can about how to get better distribution for eBooks and how do you market your eBooks online. Can you do both? We were talking before about having a book in your shop that you've published. Can you have it as an ebook and then also hard copy? Absolutely, yeah. So I recommend for most folks, if you're serious about your book and you really want to get it out to as many people as possible, depending on the type of book it is, you want to do an ebook for sure, like an ebook in every case, except there's certain things you can't do an ebook for, like a journal where you have where readers have to like type in or write in content. You can't do ebooks for that. But other books, you would always do an ebook for it because it's the cheapest and you're generally going to get the most sales. And then second would be the print book. So you can definitely have one of those in your store and your local libraries and other local shops. 
And then if it makes sense for your book to do an audiobook as well, digital audiobooks are booming in sales right now. And that can be another great opportunity. But you know, for something like a cookbook, it wouldn't make sense right. um, to do an audiobook. But other books, when it makes sense to do it, can be a great tool as well. Yeah, and that can be an extension. All you have to do is record it and it's already written. And I love audiobooks when it's your own voice the author's voice, because they know how they meant to say the words and read the words and all of that. So audio is a great option as well. And then, of course, finally, marketing. People have to know about your book. How does that work? There's a lot to it. I think the key that, that we work with with our clients is marketing is a long-term game. A lot of people talk about like a book launch, you know, and you market your book really heavily for three months or six months, and then they forget about it. <laughs> Smarter strategy, if you're in a business to be long-term successful, is to focus on long-term marketing. And so to do that, you have to really focus on marketing that you enjoy doing, that you love doing, and that you are either really good at or you will get good at it because you, you love it so much, you're going to keep practicing it. And so that all comes down to what are your strengths? And so if your strength is, for example, speaking, so maybe you want to do podcast shows like this, maybe you can do public speaking, you can speak at your local chamber of commerce, you can speak at events and conferences and so forth and do webinars and radio and TV. Use your strengths and use your skills to get the message out there consistently. And if you do that year after year after year, you're going to be successful with your marketing. You look at companies like Coca-Cola, they're still advertising after 100 years. Like, why are they still running ads after 100 years? Because they know it works. If you're going to be successful with marketing, you have to do it consistently year after year after year. And in my experience, if you don't love what you're doing, it's going to be hard to do it year after year after year. So for authors who say, I hate Twitter, I can't stand it. If you hate Twitter and you can't stand it, then that should probably not be a part of your marketing plan because you're not going to be consistent with it unless you outsource it and hire our team members to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in terms of what you as the creator should do for marketing, it's really focusing on what are your strengths and how do you leverage your strengths to maximum effect to get the most exposure and reach for what you're doing. Perfect. All right. One further question here. And I don't think marketing obviously would be very open ended. I'm getting to the point about investment. How much does it really cost to create a book? So not talking about the marketing again, because depending on your plan, that range could vary so much. But in terms of just writing it and getting it up in published form and possibly some physical, I don't know if you want to address the costs to that as well. But what are we looking at in terms of a range of prices? Well, I will tell you, you know, my first ebook I published for $5. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, I didn't I didn't have a lot of money at the time, so I went the budget route. So I got mm -hmm. a, a book cover design from fiverr.com. There's a few good designers on fiverr.com, but I think you have to go through about 60 or 70 folks on there to find a really good designer there. So if you have the time, you can do that. You can hire someone more upscale if, if you've got the budget for that. So it can be done really cheaply is what I'm trying to say. Okay, and so no excuses, anybody. <laughs> you can <Yeah>. do this. <laughs> I would say on average, if you want an ebook, if you want a print book and you want an audio book, you want all three of those things done and you want a professional editor, I would say on average three to $5,000 is a good budget to have to get everything done on a really professional level. But, you know, again, it's going to vary from book to book, project to project, based on your skills and your strengths and, and your team and so forth. So mm -hmm. it really varies. But I would say if you've budgeted more than $5,000 to get it published, you're probably overspending in a couple of different areas. And so what I would recommend is I've got a rule in business. I call it the rule of three. So anytime I'm going to hire someone to do work over a certain number of threshold, and for you, it might be $100 or $1,000 or what have you, I'm always going to get a minimum of three quotes. Because the biggest mistake I see folks making financially as authors is their friends, neighbors, niece says they're a cover designer and they can do a book cover for you. And you say, oh, that's amazing. That'd be great. And then so they do the cover design for you and then they send you a bill for $5,000. And you pay it because you think that's just normal and you're basically just getting ripped off. And there's a lot of folks like that who you just hire the first person you hear about 
and you don't really do your research into what should the actual pricing be for a project like this and what is the actual skill set and how was this person trained you know, for example like hiring an editor i would never hire an editor unless they were trained at a traditional publishing company or a medium-sized publisher or maybe in, in journalism they weren't really well trained by an editor and staff for years you don't want to hire them as an editor because anyone can fix typos and grammatical mistakes, but there's a lot more to editing than just fixing typos. There's a whole lot more to it. And they wouldn't have learned those skills and those nuances of the English language unless they were really well trained by a professional. What is there when you say that? What is more to editing? Is it structure or? Well, so like usage is one of the things, So, which is like, you know, how, what words are you using to display your point? There's so many nuances in that. Is also the market awareness. So it's understanding who is your reader and is what's in your book actually coming across. Are the ideas you thought you were communicating in your book the ones you're actually communicating on paper? Is the structure of your book, does it make sense? Is the structure of your sentences, your words, your paragraphs, the chapters, does it all make sense? Does it all line up? Does it carry the reader along in this process where they get lost in the book? Or are there places in there where the reader is going to get confused or lose interest? If you confuse your reader or you lose their interest, they're going to put the book down. They're going to stop reading. So you want to create something that's really going to be compelling. You want to create the kind of book that people are going to say, wow, that was an amazing book. And that's something a great editor can help you create that inexperienced editors, they really don't get that stuff. And, you know, I've heard so many horror stories of folks hiring editors who weren't well trained and really did a really poor job. I would have never thought about that now because you can just put together a book and self-publish and do it all yourself. I understand much better now about editing what should be happening because you want those positive reviews on Amazon. If you're putting in the time, you might as well make sure that your end product is as professional and as connected with your potential audience as it possibly could be. Definitely. Yeah. And so just to give you kind of a visual, Sue, when we get a manuscript back for one of my books or a client's book, from a really good editor, we use Microsoft Word and we use track changes in Microsoft Word. And so you can see all the comments in red. Almost every single page has more comments than actually fit on that page. Like Microsoft Word can't even display all the comments and edits in that first pass. And so you have to open up a tab on the left side of the page to see all the different comments and edits in there. That's how much it should be, right? It should be a lot. And it doesn't mean you have to accept everything that the editor says, but it means like, like their job is to be focusing on the minutiae, focus on the really tiny details catch every little mistake. And it takes a really well-trained professional to be able to do that. Wonderful, so interesting. I love everything we've talked about here, Tom, because we've talked about the value of the book for a business, the steps, you know, the overall three things, writing, publishing, and marketing. And then we really took a deep dive into writing to really give us a good feel for what it takes to actually put together a book. Now, I know you've written how many books? What's your number at this point? 27. You've written 27. What is your favorite book that you've written? The favorite book I wrote is called Secrets of the Six-Figure Author. Mm -hmm. And it's all about what is the mindset and the strategies that you need to use to really be successful as an author. And I love that book because I've gotten so many emails from readers just saying it, it changed their life, it changed their perspective, not just as an author, but in their personal life as well, really getting their mindset straight. Oh, interesting. And did you record this on Audible? It is an audiobook, but I didn't actually do the audio recording. I don't really enjoy doing that much of the audio recording, so I just outsourced that. So you hired someone else to do it. Wonderful. Well, Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to Tom's book and other audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook for free on me if you haven't done so already. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Okay, 
winding down here, Tom, I want to offer you to dare to dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What's inside your box? That's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> For me, it's making the world a better place. You know, I think the reason I'm so passionate about books and literature and writing and ideas is because I think good ideas are what help us as human beings make good decisions. And it's our decisions that are going to shape the future of our lives and future generations and the future of the planet. And so I just love the idea of sharing great ideas that are going to help people make the world a better place and impact future generations. Beautifully said. And it gets any passions that you have out into the world and they'll continue on. I know you have a lot of resources, so take it away. Let us know other things that you have available that we can investigate other services, you know, your course, all that type of thing. Give us a little bit of PR on you, Tom. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, if you're excited about everything we shared today, you're ready to write your first book and get it published, I'd say check out the free video training course at ebookpublishingschool.com. I'll walk you through the process step-by-step and -step getting your book formatted and published on Amazon and launching your first book. And there's also at the end, you'll hear about the advanced training course if you want detailed step-by-step -step action guides and everything from writing your book to getting it published and beyond. That's all available there. The other thing is you can check out the publishing company and our blog at tckpublishing.com. There are tons of amazing checklists and resources there for you for free at tckpublishing.com. And the other thing is I have a podcast show. So every single week we interview a best-selling author to find out what's working right now in their business to grow their income and increase their fan base. And that's at publishingprofitspodcast.com. All right, Gift Biz listeners, we have now presented you with yet another way for you to develop and grow your business and probably one that you hadn't thought about before. I mean, mostly when you're in the artist creative world, you're thinking of selling your products at craft shows and having them displayed in retail shops or online, whatever it is. But here is a brand new way and really unique approach. And just as Tom is talking about, this is a great way for you to separate yourself from competition, make your product and your brand and you as an artist stand out. So I really want you to think about this. Tom, this is great information that you've shared today. And again, something that a lot of people in our industry would not have thought of. I really appreciate you joining us here today, Tom, and may your candle always burn bright. Thanks so much, Sue. It's been a pleasure. Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you want to know your setup for success, find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting Gift Biz Quiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you 
help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.